Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Thursday for those that are here live. Happy whatever day week it is for you. Happy Canada Day for my Canadians. Happy almost July 4th. It's July 4th weekend for the Americans because we have, we start, Americans start holidays like the week before and then they end of the week after. We're just letting you know how that works. July 4th starts today. It ends like on Tuesday. That's how we roll. Let freedom ring. We've been talking about the concept of freedom. It's how, you know, God is so good to me. I was watching this video yesterday popped up on my feed about a man named Steve Schwartzman. I like business guys. I like reading about their lives. I, I like business. What can I tell you? And Steve Schwartzman is the founder and CEO of maybe the largest private equity firm in the world. It's called Blackstone. If you've never heard, if you've never heard of Blackstone, Google them. They're like the biggest dudes in the world. I think they've managed something like $585 billion. And I don't know how this popped up, but the his bio popped up. This guy named Steve Schwartzman. And he's given this lecture about how he started. Come on, that's like, it's not fair. I, I can't I can't turn away from that like some story about a startup and once as soon as I found out that like he built it it wasn't given to him I'm like all right I'm hooked how did Steve Schwartz and Bill Blackstone like come on this, it's a long story but the short version of it is that he worked at a company called Lehman Brothers it wasn't as easy as it appeared he ended up either leaving or getting fired. And he teamed up with a, another guy named, I think, Pete Peterson. And they went out and raised an enormous amount of money to start this fund to go out and buy businesses. Now, he never really bought businesses before, but that's what his dream was. So he buys his first business and he does great. And he buys a second company, whatever, and he does great. Then he buys his third company and it fails miserably. Now, when, you're, when you have a new fund and you go out and raise money, people will give you money. They don't really know you. They're betting on you. When you fail at that level, that early on, it's really bad. And he goes off in this thing that I, that I saw for like, you know, 15 minutes about what that felt like, the embarrassment, how many people were waiting for him to fail, how he would have to go back to the investors that believed in him and share the mistake of buying into a large company that ultimately went bankrupt. And he went back into his office and he said, it's never going to happen again. Until then, he sort of relied on his gut. Right afterwards, he said, we're going to start building a procedure to make sure that we never make the same mistakes again. And he went back into that failure. And he went literally moment by moment until he was able to understand all the mistakes that he made in making that an assumption, 
what caused him to buy that business? What was he thinking? What, what, what distracted him? What did he focus on that was wrong? How did he miss the signs? And he began a culture that still exists in Blackstone today. And the culture is, if you are the lowest person on a totem pole, but you think something's a bad idea and you don't say it, there's no excuse. You don't sit in a room and defer to someone who's more senior to you if you have what to share. You don't make an investment. If there's any flags, we deal with flags. We think about them. And he built a world that investment decisions would be based, if you will, on analyzing and overanalyzing our previous failures. And he built the most powerful private equity company in the world today. So if you'd have to look at the thinking of the most power, one of the most powerful businesses today in America, it's based on the understanding that if you get to play another day, yesterday is there for your insight. You're not bound by the past. The past, as soon as you get through it, as soon as you get through something, it now becomes your teacher. In front of you, it could be your friend, your opponent, whatever. As soon as you get through it, it now becomes your teacher. It becomes your coach. It becomes your advisor. The past is only valuable as a teacher. And when you look back, Schwartzman figured out, and you start to be okay with your mistakes, like he said in his speech that I saw, most people, when they make mistakes, they don't want to go back because they don't want to, they don't want to overthink it. It's too hard for them. So they just stick their head in the sand and they wait for the feeling to pass, to pass. It's like that in life. We look back at times in our lives and we just want it to pass. We don't want to think about it. We don't want to talk about it. I know someone who's trying to grow in a specific area. And every time he tries to grow in this area, he gets stopped. And the reason is because when his family tries to talk to him about it, even though he knows he needs to work on it, whatever it is, he just won't talk about it. And the family is frustrated because they want him to win and they want to be there for him and they want to work with him, but he won't even talk about it. And as he won't even talk about the parts that he himself admitted that he needs to work on, he keeps on sliding back. And then things get bad and he jumps ahead and then he slides back and he jumps ahead and he slides back. And I asked him like, your family's you have an incredible family, you have incredible support. Why don't you just talk about it with them? He's like, nah, I don't, it's too uncomfortable. I don't want to talk about my failures. I don't want to talk about the parts that I'm not good at. It's too, I don't want to focus on that. 
I'd like to focus on things that I'm good at. I'm like, that's not going to, I mean, yeah, it's important, but you're not going to get through this. It's too hard. Head in the sand. And when you, when you live, a, and, I, and this isn't, I'm not, I'm not a, this isn't easy stuff. It's not like I've nailed this. We, we all, we all have this in our lives. We all want to feel good. We hate feeling bad. We hate going through our mistakes. We love blaming. We love blaming. Even if it's not blame, even if it's like, you know, you know, it just, you know, it's not like I wouldn't bring it to the level of blame. It's like, you know, we're just attributing issues elsewhere. It's hard. I got to tell you, and again, wherever you're listening from, it doesn't matter. I, just, I'm sh- I share with you Judaism and Jewish practice, not because I expect everyone to have it, because there are people that listen from different religions. I share with you because of my life. So I, I think of the world through these things. Like, as you, if you couldn't tell, Judaism, sports, business, like, that's just how I think. I mean, what someone once emailed me once and said, you know, you, you keep on talking about sports, like, not everyone knows sports. I'm like, I, I'm sorry. I don't know other things well enough. Like I, I wish, I wish I would know, you know, more stuff. I, I don't know that many things. The, the things that I care most about, right. Are the things that I tell you about. And I care a lot about Judaism. I really do. So just for the record, I don't share it because I expect you to have the knowledge. I share it because I personally care about it. So I, I see the world through it. So, but you can see the world through anything that you see the world through. Judaism is a very guilty religion. Like not, it's a guilt-filled religion. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you think about it, like we spend a lot of time saying, I'm sorry. A lot of time saying, I'm sorry. A lot of our year is one big, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like, first of all, every day in prayers, we say, I'm sorry, twice. Morning prayers and afternoon prayers, there's a period of time of saying, I'm sorry all the time we have our new year's is just the beginning of a 10-day sorry fest which was really the the end of a month of a sorry and even half of our holidays are sorries like we're in right now the fasting all that's all sorry half of what we do is say sorry you know what i'm saying like and there are a lot of people who are like why do I keep on doing this for? And I think God is doing this for us. I think God is saying like, yeah, no, it's okay. Like we're cool, but like turn around. Like I'm not like, I I'm okay. Like I'm God. Like I'm not like offended, but you're not going to be deep enough to do your job in this world. If you're not going to get really good at going, Hey, wait, I'm sorry. Looking back is uncomfortable. And saying sorry is uncomfortable. And seeing failure again and again and again is uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. Having a day where it's dedicated toward the destruction of a temple, which you and I have never seen, but somehow it's attributed to us. 
because the Talmud says every generation that doesn't bring the temple is as if they destroy the temple. So like we have some hand in this destruction in our generation. That's uncomfortable. Most people would rather just be at the beach. And if you're practicing, you're like, why is no one else doing this? It's because God is saying, no, it's okay. Let freedom reign. Look back. Be this person. Steve Schwartz built a business on this. Every football club, every single major sports franchise. Nobody ever won a Super Bowl or championship without doing this. No, no real CEO ever built a company without doing this. Not one that lasts. This is life. Life is looking around, looking forward, looking back, looking side to side. And when you get comfortable looking in every direction, when you get comfortable being able to look everywhere, you become stronger as a person. You become more insightful and more aware. Your history doesn't repeat itself because you studied it. And when it comes again, you know how to navigate it. It's freedom. Let freedom ring. It's freedom. Freedom is when I am not defined by anything in my past. Freedom is I can recreate myself. And I know how to because I'm looking back and I can see the bumps. I can see all the pitfalls now because I didn't see that the first time I was driving. But because I look back afterwards, now I see there was, a, I didn't realize that pothole. I didn't think I was biased in that area. I just had this conversation with a, um, a business executive about hiring. Those of you who are in businesses or have your own businesses, hiring is a area that is filled with bias, filled with bias. As soon as someone comes into the room, you want to hire them if you're like overwhelmed and if you're, and if they look like you, you don't even realize the bias. So I was just talking to someone about this. And I was saying that when you start a career or when you start a business and you're overwhelmed with so many things to do, you, the first person that like seems competent to you, you want to hire them. So like you overlook stuff. They never did before. It's okay. They don't have this experience. It's okay. They don't really want to even commute. That's fine. They don't even have a really good work ethic. No problem. They don't speak your language. That's okay. We can figure it out. You're just so desperate to hire someone to have a able body doing half of your work. And then like a couple of like, you know, failed hires later. And you're, you realize that it really wasn't that helpful. And now it costs money and that gets complicated. And if you look at some companies, they just keep on doing the same thing. It's because they never look back and realize that there was a bias. They never even put it together that like, wait, when I feel good about this thing, wait, even though I'm feeling good in the moment, wait, look backwards. I made a couple of bad mistakes on the same feeling. Maybe I can't trust my feeling. So they're not free to that. 
and they keep on making the same mistakes. And that's really what where greatness is. We we think that greatness is like when we get to, you know, we get accepted to Harvard. Harvard's awesome, but life's a much better teacher. God knows how to teach you. Just being alive and just being able to look around with strength and courage, just taking time to observe and journal because when you journal you get it out of your head just having set time to look around you could be the best especially if someone else talked to about it holy cow could be the best teacher in the world teach you more about life than anything you're going to know being able to look backwards and ask questions why did i do that for why do i keep on saying it like that How come I'm driving people away? How come I always feel bad about myself on Tuesday nights? How come I have so much, yet I feel like I have so little? How come I don't appreciate the people around me until there's a crisis? Why don't I really feel connected to the divine? tough questions some real time looking backwards and asking them who has time for this do you have time for this do you do you have time for this i don't know when i feel like i got a couple of seconds there's always somebody i'm looking at something who has time to be introspective like this people that are free That's who has time for this. The rest of us running to get through our lives and then in between stimulating ourselves so that we stay distracted. Who has time? There's so many things to listen to and to watch and to read and to go and to talk. There's so much happening in this world at every free second. Every inch of every day is being populated by something Who has the time to stop, look back, ask a tough question, and spend a few minutes like thinking about it until we get an insight saying, oh, there's a pothole in my life. That's why I have all this and don't walk around with a bounce in my step. You know what? Instead, let's look at someone else's life behind the screen, which is not even real so that we can feel better, worse about ourselves. What's time for this? Steve Schwartzman has time for this. That's how he builds a $500 billion business. That's who has time for this. That person in your life that you looked up to, that like older person that you looked up to, they had time for this. That wise person that when you're in their presence, you just can't believe how wise they are. They have time for this. They're not smarter than you. People that want to be great, they have time for this. They see the greatest challenge is time. They'll spend money to get time. But we all can do this. And and this is the season to do it. 
on the Jewish calendar. By the way, even on the secular calendar, summer doesn't have to be a time that I can shut my brain down. As much as I love doing that, we don't have to waste that much time in the summer. Everyone else is wasting time. Why do we have to waste time? Summer is a time where people are slowing down. Why do we got to use it to like waste it? America, July 4th weekend, why do I need five days to do nothing? Why can't I spend a few hours thinking, planning? Why? Do I need that much time to have that much meat to sit around and do that little? Do, do I work in a factory 20 hours a day for 11 months that I need that much time off? I don't understand. Greatness is before us. Greatness is before us. Now we got to go out and choose it. That's why freedom is so scary. That's why freedom is so scary. Because it's a responsibility. It's a choice. Let freedom ring. All right. We're, we're on tomorrow as far as I know. I'm going to turn around to my momentum production team for a second. Are we on tomorrow, team? They'll let me know right now. We're, yeah. Okay, Judy gave me the heads up. By the way, I just want to give a heads up to Judy. Judy is with us now. Uh, the, 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 we have a team around Judy, of course. Feeling the loss of Andy is beyond. Um, but Judy is a phenomenal, incredible addition to this team that has been quietly behind the scenes, uh, been our fan, proponent, producer, uh, evangelist. And she has stepped up huge. And I want to just thank you, Judy, for what you're doing and keeping us going. And um, just everybody give a shout out to Judy um, for, for who she is and for keeping the show rolling. Um, so thank you, Judy. Uh, and uh, hey, Mandy, if you're watching, we still miss you. Um, and uh, okay, so we'll be on tomorrow. And then I wish everybody a happy July 4th. Happy Canada Day, everybody. Have a great day.